0: Well, it was about two years after coming out of Egypt and Moses takes a census, one of two censuses he will take, counting Israel. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. My name is Rod Hemberg. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, a program that is designed to take you through the Bible. And today, the book of Numbers. That's what we introduce. We're looking at Numbers chapter one. So, get your Bible guide and get ready because in about three minutes, we're going to take a look at that.
1: Ryan, what's going on? Well, today I'm going to be talking about wilderness emblems. Now, what am I talking about here? (laughs) Well, you're going to have to join me a little bit later on in the program to find out.
0: All right, wilderness emblems. We'll look forward to that. Janice?
2: Well, yes. Today, Corey and I are going to join together Mm -hmm. on the segment that I titled Disciples of Jesus.
0: All right, very good. We look forward to all of that. So let's get our Bible guys out. Let's open up the Bible and let's look at Numbers chapter 1 as we continue to explore these books that Moses wrote so long ago.
2: Numbers 1, 1 through 16. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of meeting, on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel, by their families, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male individually, from twenty years old and above, all who are able to go to war in Israel. You and Aaron shall number them by their armies. And with you there shall be a man from every tribe, each one the head of his father's houses. These are the names of the men who shall stand with you. From Reuben, Elizur, the son of Shadur. From Simeon, Shalumiel, the son of Zuerh Shaddai from Judah Nashon the son of Amminadab from Issachar Nethanel the son of Zuar from Zebulun Eliab the son of Helon, from the sons of Joseph from Ephraim Elishama the son of Amihud. from Manasseh Gamaliel the son of Pedahazer from Benjamin Abidon, the son of Gidoniah, From Dan, Ahiazer, the son of Emeshaidai. From Asher, pagiel the son of Okran, From Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Jeuel. From Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Enan. These were chosen from the congregation, leaders of their fathers' tribes, Heads of the divisions in Israel. Numbers 1, verses 1 through 16.
0: It is the fourth book of Moses. I call that the book of Moses because Moses is considered to be the author. And uh, Numbers is fascinating. What an amazing book. Now, it's called Numbers from its original title and from its original idea of counting Israel or doing a census at the beginning of the time they were in the wilderness and then just before they went into Jericho. So it's fascinating to see the numbers. There was not much growth in the wilderness for a lot of reasons. And that is something that's very interesting. Now as we focus on this, we'll be talking about the fourth book of Moses and it is called Numbers, which gets its name two times that Israel was numbered after coming out of Egypt. They were first numbered right after the Exodus event and then again, just before they go into the promised land. Now much of the book of Numbers is about Israel's wandering period in the wilderness. And it captures a lot of their early history. Throughout their journey, we get to see them coming up against a lot of difficulties and various kinds of conflicts. Now, these are instructive to us, not only because of life, but still we are in conflict and confrontation today in resolution. But also because we get to see God's character and actions play out for us in Israel's history. What we see in Israel's case is how their reactions and how the responses to conflict result in either Disaster or resolution for them. Now let's take the lessons from Israel's history into our heart and not repeat the unnecessary mistakes, which we tend to do a lot of these days, right? Let's not repeat those mistakes. Very interesting. Now, if you have your Bible guide, turn to today's passage as we focus on Numbers chapter 1. This is a great book. If you don't have your Bible guide, let me encourage you that if you call us or write to us, we will send you a Bible guide. Now, there is another way to get a hold of it, and that is go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. When you go there, click on the Bible guide. It'll take you to a page where you can donate. And may I say, thank you so much for your donations. You know, we don't do a lot of fundraising or heavy letters. We just trust the Lord and pray like crazy, but God... Helps people who are called to support us. And we really appreciate that. And it takes you there and you can download it exactly how we've printed it. Now, remember that I said on one earlier program, it's best to pray before we get into this. Because otherwise, we're going to just take our ideas and apply to it. Let's listen to what God is saying. Let's listen to let, us let him affect our heart, affect our ideas from the Bible. Father, I pray today. That you would teach us your way and show us your path in the name of jesus christ and we all said together amen now with that in mind let's open up the book of numbers and let's look at what god is saying it starts like this This is a hard read by the way for people who are reading and i'm going to probably mess up some of these names because i don't have a good hebrew tongue but we're going to do our best all right Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the the tabernacle of meeting, on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel, by their families, by their fathers, their houses, according to the number of names every male individually god gives specific instructions on that god told moses to take a census of israel two years after coming out of egypt now keep in mind that god keeps perfect records god keeps records he doesn't just let things slip like we do time doesn't change anything to god god has perfect memory he doesn't forget His memory is always there. We need to keep that in mind as we continue to understand what Jesus Christ has done for us and following Jesus Christ, what that means. All right. Verse three, from 20 years old and above all who are able to go to war in Israel, you and Aaron shall number them by their armies. And with you, there shall be a man from every tribe, each one the head of his father's house. The tribes were to be identified by families. Now keep in mind that God speaks to us in families and he puts us into his family. That's amazing. God's family. That's if we love Jesus Christ, given a heart to him, we're in God's family. God sets the solitude in families. We need to keep that in mind. So nobody's without a family. We have brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. God is our father. And that becomes very important because God pulls us together in that. Now, with that in mind, we go to this next part, which is a long one. Here it is. These are the names of the men who shall stand with you from Reuben. Eliezer, the son of Shadir. From Simeon, Shalumiel, the son of Zerushadai. From Judah, Nashon, the son of Aminadab. From Issachar, Nathaniel, the son of Zeror. From Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helon. From the sons of Joseph. From Ephraim, Elishama, the son of Aminahud. from Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Pederhas, from Benjamin, Abidon, the son of Gideon, from Dan, Ahizer, the son of Amishadiah, from Asher, Pajiel, the son of Akron, from God or, or from Gad, Eliasif, the son of Deo. From Neptali, Ahira, the son of Enan. These were chosen from the congregation of leaders of their fathers, tribes, heads of the divisions in Israel. Now this takes me to the third point. Listen carefully. God identifies the people by their calling. Every person has a unique call from God. Can you believe that? Every person has a unique call from God. Now, I'd like to say to you that everybody says, well, they they just talk about coming to God. Well, God saved me and God, but God has also given you a call on your life. Jesus Christ said it in Matthew 28. This is very important. Go into all the world and teach the good news. I have come to redeem them of sin. I am here to save you. I am here to help you. I am here to rescue you from the ravages of hell itself. So I want to encourage you today, if you're watching on the internet, on the phone, if you're watching on television, however it is you're watching or you're listening on the radio, however it is, come to Christ. Say, Jesus I'm a sinner, I need you to help me. I believe you died on the cross, rose in the flesh. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my life, help me right now and today. Thank you, Lord.
1: Alright, so as we continue on in our study of Numbers chapters 1-3, through today I want to focus in specifically on Numbers chapter 2. Now in this passage, God is giving Moses and Aaron very detailed instructions on how he wanted the Israelites to set up camp. But have you ever wondered why God gave these very specific instructions? There must be more to this. Check it out. To the wilderness-wandering Israelites, God gives very specific instructions on how exactly they were to set up camp. Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard, says the Lord, beside the emblems of his father's house. They shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. Twelve of the tribes of Israel were instructed to camp around the tabernacle of meeting, where the thirteenth tribe, Levi, resided. The Levites, since responsible for the tabernacle, camped around it. God instructs Moses to split up the twelve other tribes into four camps, each camp consisting of three tribes, with one tribe as the representative. On the east side of the tabernacle in Levites were the tribes of Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, with Judah as the representative tribe. On the south side was Reuben, Simeon, and Gad, represented by Reuben. On the west side was Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, represented by Ephraim. And on the north side were the tribes of Dan, Asher and Naphtali, with Dan as the representative. It is fascinating to consider the four emblems which represent these four head tribes. Judah is represented by a lion, and Reuben by that of a man. Ephraim is represented by an ox, and Dan by that of an eagle. Interestingly, each time we encounter a view of the throne of God elsewhere in scripture, we notice strange living creatures that surround God's throne with the same four faces – a lion, a man, an ox, and an eagle. Thus it appears that the encampment of Israel with the tabernacle in the middle is a model of the throne of God, his presence in the center, represented by the tabernacle, encircled by the four faces, this all surrounded by his people. Also, careful examination of both the arrangement of the camp, as well as the number of individuals belonging to each camp, reveals a most curious image. For each time Israel set up camp, they arranged themselves in the form of a giant cross. This wilderness setup reminds us that God's instructions are specific, purposeful, and highly significant, and therefore should be followed to the letter." You know, it's become cliche, but it's really true that every detail in the Bible is there by purposeful design. There is nothing meaningless in the Holy Scriptures. Though sometimes we might find some of these details monotonous and difficult to read, it's important to remember that God really is in the details. And through his word, the Bible, he's revealing himself to us. He wants us to read his word and to see the truth, which of course is found only in him. And as it further reveals in the Bible, he is Jesus Christ, who said in John chapter 14, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So may we accept that revelation of truth today and make Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives. After all, he is our loving creator.
0: Yeah, it's really, really important. And you talk about reading the Bible. That's that's such a a foundation. And Bible discovery, that's the foundation of our entire program, which we've been doing for 33 years.
1: 34 this this is the 34th
0: year year that we're in right now. And uh, God, I I believe that the only way that you can truly find truth, because everybody has all kinds of truths that they're writing that are very different from one another, and they Mm -hmm. call it the truth, because their perspective is focused on something else. But when you go to the Bible and you take your attention and put it there, your perspective changes because you see it from God's point of view, and you yeah. begin to understand.
1: That's right. The Bible should be our ultimate fact checker. It's it's God's word, right? It's God's primary means of communication with us. Yep. Not saying He doesn't speak in other ways, but that's His primary way. Yeah. And so it's very important. So I don't understand uh, believers who don't spend time reading the Bible. Well, at I all. Mean,
3: yeah, it's a right? discipline that it's, is is necessary. It's still yeah. worth it too.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: There's a lot yeah. of believers who who just they they like the preachers. Yeah. And television is a personality medium, mm-hmm. and so you know us these four personalities, but we are simply presenting the word of God. You know, and I would suggest to you that that we don't we're not heroes. We don't make us heroes. We are here because we're promoting the word of God. That becomes very, very important.
2: And we're learning along with you. And, and uh, you know, it's very easy to, especially in today's culture where there's so much media, there's so much information, and there's so much that you can get in an instant, that if you're not grounded in the Word of God, it could be very easy to get misled. Mm-hmm. That something can sound like truth. Hmm. But if there's a measure of untruth, if there's a measure of lie in that, You're lost. you can... Slowly over time, if you're going to to hit the mark, you can slowly deviate.
1: Slide off. And
2: so that's something that's, you know, I'm so pleased. There have been so many of you that have written to us or emailed or sent us messages that this is your first time through the Bible, that you made it reading through the Bible, and you're joining us again for the next year. Some of you, it's 10 years, some it's 15, some of them 20, and more. And and people would say, Goodness, you've read the Bible that many times. Yes. And God's word is so living and so active that, that it helps you. It helps me in our daily lives. But we don't just need to read it. We need to get it into our hearts and into our minds so that when we see things happening, when we hear things happening, we know the voice of God. We know his word to us and, and, um, We can be more effective, can't we, as Christians in this very lost world? Now, Corey, this is kind of what you and I were going to discuss because a central theme of the Pentateuch, which Mm -hmm. is the first five books of the Bible, um, and the book of Numbers is that God is holy and pure, and he requires such behavior from those who claim him as their God. This Mm -hmm. is what Israel was set apart to be, Mm -hmm. so for us today in looking at the book of numbers it really highlights the importance of obedience in the life of a christian it shows us how god responded to the belief of the israelites Mm -hmm. there's consequences to disobedience but god's grace remains and his redemptive plan and desire for us will not be stopped now paul reminded us of the value of learning from the way God has worked in the past. If you look at Romans 15, verse 4, it says, "...for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, Mm -hmm. that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope." Mm -hmm. Again, to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and verse 11, "...now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Mm -hmm. It's talking about when they were in the wilderness. Yes. Right? Verse 11. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, as they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Mm
3: -hmm. Exactly. And I mean, there's, you know, when I talk to people who struggle with reading the Bible, I think part of it is that it's very large. And so it (laughs) feels daunting, right? It feels daunting, but... We need to take the apostle Paul's point here where these things were written for us. When, when you keep in mind that this, the, the, the end game of this scripture is God's redemption of humanity, that we are, we are living in this time of of like now and not yet, we have the the promise of the Holy Spirit that Christ has given us, and we are awaiting His return. We are awaiting the finality of our salvation with the with the resurrection of our new bodies, right? And the, and the new heavens and the new earth. That is the end game, and so we get to see the beginning of the story and how, from the very beginning, God knew how it was going to go. And yet he still was able to as our heavenly father stand back and go, it's worth it. It's going to be okay. I'm going to redeem them and here's how I'm going to do it. And there are some really difficult areas to understand and confusing areas to understand and areas where you're going to disagree with God, which is a good thing. Because if you if 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 God in your mind, if God does everything that you think, mm you're probably worshiping yourself and not and not the real God because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are high above. When we read, you know, you read through the scripture and you realize right away, it's okay to disagree with God. You just have to stick around with him and, and wrestle with him. Think about how many mothers and fathers of old in the scripture wrestled with God because they struggled with him. They thought he should should do it a better way. You're God. Do it a different way. We're allowed to struggle with him about things like that. There are things that I don't like, that the ways that he did some of the things. And that's okay because it just
2: shows me I'm not God. And, and isn't it not <laughs> been interesting that the longer that you walk with the Lord, the more that you can look and you go, ah, yes, he was right. And, and, and if we're honest with ourselves, he's right every time. He's right
3: every time. And, right and, every time. and how encouraging is it as well when you get to like, when you, you see people's lives in the scripture and you go, whoa. <laughs> and yet God still redeemed them. Exactly. And he was able to use them. And he was able to somehow still bring goodness and righteousness out of that human life. And and he does that for every one of us. And we can learn so much about God from these stories, but we can learn practical things as well in how how we should be making decisions, how we should be living our lives.
2: And it's all in there. We just have to develop that discipline to do it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Jesus said, John 8, verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Mm -hmm. So important to get the word of God inside of us and then to put it into action Mm -hmm. in our lives. There's, There's nothing more fulfilling, mm-hmm. more gratifying. And and being able to witness in of yourself that growth that God brings to us. You know, we're we're to be separated from the world in our actions and in our in our lifestyles. And and that's difficult. It's mm-hmm. a difficult thing to do. We can't do it on our own. It's with the help of God. And a lot of people think, oh, well, you come to God because he just wants to just squish everything down. He wants to oppress, he you. Wants to oppress. Yes. you. He wants to oppress. Control no. you. he wants to oppress and then I can't do this anymore and I can't do that anymore. And it's just not right. When no. you come to God and you come to God, he opens up a whole new creation. Yeah. In who you are. Yeah. And it's a wonderful, difficult but I can't imagine a better, I can't even because, because, properly. Because, Help me there's, here,
3: because there's joy and there's peace in our chaos. Yes. You know, your, your life is still going to be difficult. You're still going to be, there's still going to be issues where you're, you just are so frustrated with it. But the longer I've, I've, I've been in a relationship with God, the more I'm convinced it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a psalm that says, be still and know that I am God. And there's such strength in that when, when you can go, okay, I, I, I don't know the solution to this, but I know who God is. And I know that his intentions are good and righteous mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. And that's that, the, the peace and the joy in the, the, the chaos of life and the hope that Christianity offers that God offers that God to offers. his people to his children is worth it.
2: Totally worth it.
0: Very good. You guys did a great job uh, at explaining that and talking about it. So that's that's just really good. All right. So let's remember what they said. Did you get all that? So go back and watch it again. If you didn't, it's very, very good. Let's be
2: a disciple of Christ, a lover of God.
0: I just wanna say thank you to everybody who supports us. We really appreciate it uh, and we have felt it. And so praise God, thank you. You know, we don't write a lot of form letters or any of that, we stay focused on the Word of God. And so when you support, that really helps us. Thank you so much. Today, we need to pray. Lord, help me to find your calling on my life today. And most importantly, help me to do it with the help of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.